0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of the 938 podcast uh, coming to you today from the mission office. Uh, here in Springfield, Missouri. We're glad that you're tuning in, joining us today. And uh, my name is Craig Stevenson, and I'm an Associate Mission Director here with the BBFI Mission Office. Uh, and excited today, because we have Dennis Jennings with us. Man, and, I'm glad um, to be here, Craig. Yeah, Thanks Den- for the invitation. Man, great to, great to have you, uh, you on here. Now, you and I have known each other now, what, about five years? Something like give that. Give or take. I don't yep. think I'd ever met you before we moved to Springfield. No,
1: um, I heard about you a lot when I was working at the Mission Office. John always talked about you even before you came so yeah you, i heard about you a long time you know
0: we had um he and i had the privilege of having a lot of conversations of course i was working with the the mission office at the missionary reunion mm-hmm. working with mks and stuff and so he and i always had all kinds of conversations so uh hopefully everything you heard was good all so good. <laughs> all good so well hey it's good to have you so do this take a minute and go ahead and introduce yourself obviously i already told him your name um but tell us a little about yourself your family uh, tell us, uh, you know, uh, where, where you pastor, the church you pastor. Tell us a little bit about what you have going on at the church.
1: All right. Well, yeah. uh, I'm excited to be here, and I love the BBFI Mission Office. I love the BBFI Missions, and, and I'm so all in. Uh, with missions that that being here, of course, it's almost like coming home a little bit. Yeah. I got to work here for, uh, oh, the better part of five years, four years, and yeah. had a great time. Uh, but I'm excited to be where I'm at. I pastored in St. Pete, Florida for 12 years, and now cool. I will be. Uh, let's see, the last Sunday of August. Uh, I'll be 13 years at Cherry Street. Oh, wow! And so, well, congrats on that. Well, yeah, I, that's, that's I just, great. Yeah, I, you know, I'm always surprised if somebody comes back the second Sunday. So, <laughs> it's, sure, it's no, cool I get that. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's cool that, that uh, we've enjoyed it. My yeah. wife Jana, uh, uh, she is, uh, uh she is my sweetheart, and yeah. uh, we have we have great time. We have two boys, uh, Ben and Shad. Ben pastors in Finley, Ohio. Yeah. His wife Megan, and three of our grandkids, Shad. Uh, his wife Rachel live here in Springfield. She had is uh, a big part of our media team at church. Cool, and uh, we have a, a granddaughter Ava here. And this week, uh, Silas is going to be born. He's okay. Uh, yeah, we're excited about yeah, that. Uh, very so,
0: cool. Well, congrats yeah. on that. So, yeah. you know, talk to me about this. And, and I know we have some things we're going to talk about, but we'll get to that in a minute. But talk to me about what it's like to have your kids in ministry. Oh, it's the greatest I mean,
1: thing ever, but it's always been that way. Yeah, We raised our kids uh, not to live in a glass house. Uh, PK's got no, uh, you, you get no extra rope. Yeah, uh, In fact, uh, we just taught them to live by biblical principles, yeah. to love Jesus, gave them the opportunity to serve, uh, made them do things when they didn't want to, Yeah, uh, but we, we also discipled them uh, throughout their life, and uh, as they grew up, uh, yeah. You know, God blessed, uh, yeah. and God's uh, Ben's in vocational ministry. Yeah, you know he's uh, he's pastoring in Finley, as I said. Shad is uh, just as much involved in the ministry, absolutely, and he's making making a difference. He and Rachel, yeah. and so it's well, it's exciting. And thinking
0: about that, I, obviously, you make a great point because that's that's the truth. Just because you're not in vocational ministry doesn't mean you're not in ministry. Exactly. And the the part that he's playing at the church and, and what's going on there that, that's great. And um, I just, I love hearing stories about uh, pastors' kids. Because uh, I was a pastor's kids and missionary kids. I was a missionary kid. And so just love to see other uh, pastor's kids and missionary kids that are involved in ministry and just love to hear those stories and things like that. Yeah, so, you just want,
1: you want to see them have the heart, Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. And I know you guys have heart. You, yeah. You've adopted. I praise the Lord for, for you guys. I love your testimony, Craig, cool. uh, in that area. And uh, we've got some common, commonality yeah. in that. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what God's going to do, uh, continue to do as, as you've uh, continue your ministry, hit the mission. Office.
0: Well, I tell you what, I love working here. We have a great team. Uh, obviously, uh, John Connerup does a great job leading leading our, our team. And then you just go through and you you look at all the different aspects of of uh, everyone that works here. And everything that everyone brings to the table, just such a dynamic environment that that we're all here to support our missionaries exactly. and to support our churches. And so I love the the ministry that God has us uh, in here, and get to work with some great people, and, yeah. uh, and thankful and, for that. So
1: one of the things I love, and uh, and this will kind of probably dovetail into where we're yeah. headed, uh, but what I love is that is that the mission office understands its role. Yeah. Alongside the local church, yeah, sure. You know, we have um, uh, we 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 say that we are a a fellowship of churches and right. uh, a fellowship of pastors, and uh, but uh, the but the missionaries are accountable uh, to their sending churches. Yeah, that's right. But the missionary enters into a covenant, if you will. I mean, I'll use biblical language. Oh, that's a great term for it, yeah. They enter into a covenant with the mission office, and their sending church enters into that covenant as well. And so what a joy it is as a pastor to have the mission office coming alongside us, doing what we can't do. I mean, we would be so much... uh, uh, Lame, I guess, is what we. you say. So we'd be we would be hindered a lot. We'd yeah. be limping along rather than walking or even running yeah. if it wasn't for what the mission office does for the local church. So it's a wonderful yeah. partnership uh, for our local churches, and I appreciate the mission well, office recognizing the role and being a part to help us accomplish the great. Yeah, and,
0: and I think we all we all love that role that position because what happens is churches support us. So some people don't realize where how we're funded, right? So a lot of organizations out here, they take a percentage of, and, and you know this as well as I do, but they take a percentage of missionary support to come back to operating expenses. So we've seen that range from 5%. There's one organization we know that 17% exactly. of every dollar that comes in goes to the organization or, or the office for those administrative fees or, or whatever you want to term it, their budget, basically. And that's not wrong. No, it's, no.
1: No, it's not wrong for that. Yeah. But what a joy yeah. to know that it's, it's because of the love yeah. of churches for missionaries and missions that's right. uh, that the BBFI doesn't have to do that.
0: That's right. So when when someone supports our missionaries, 100% of that money goes straight to our missionaries because churches like Cherry Street and churches like, I mean, countless, a, a number of other churches across the, the country, um, they support us monthly just like they do missionaries. And that's what allows us to then come alongside and provide the services and support that we're able to do for our churches and our missionaries, and it's really a, a really cool and really unique process because you don't see that very often. Yeah, uh, it's.
1: Uh, I think it's. I think it's some of the best missions money we invest. Yeah. Every single month, I feel like when we support the mission office, that we are literally supporting all of our missionaries at, at an even greater level. Yeah. All we, we support 140. That's awesome. Give or take yeah. missionaries, we have uh, 20 or 21, or I think it'll be 21 by uh, by this time. Is it? Is it going to be twenty one in September. I, I, we're, we're there. We, yeah, we just, sir. we just got a bunch. But I feel like every every time we send a check to the mission office, we are sending additional support, additional to the, missionaries. Help to, the to our mission.
0: What a great perspective! Because that's actually, I mean, that that's a that's a great perspective because that's what the truth is. I mean, that that's what it is. Because it's by you, uh, you guys and other churches donating and giving to us that allows us to provide these other services. that so many churches can't provide
1: not possible not possible it is know. not possible for us to do everything that's that really yeah. needs to be done to keep our missionaries on the field long term and the fellowship uh the mission office specifically comes alongside and uh, even has built the the uh, vehicle so to speak yeah uh, that every church would have to build individually yeah i, I mean what a mind-blowing oh, thing it would be to have yeah. a church to have their first missionary set out yeah. and not even have a vehicle in which well, to send them. You, you know, know what and, I mean? and and it's crazy. And this
0: really, we're, we're off of where we were headed, but that's okay. Let's go down this path because I, I love this conversation. I think it's good perspective for people that are watching to, to hear this. So what are some of those things that the mission office does for missionaries that would be a challenge? You wow. know, one of the things that comes to my mind is a medical plan. Absolutely. You know,
1: we we as a sending pastor, uh, long before I became pastor of Cherry Street, I was a sending pastor in Saint Petersburg. In yeah. fact, uh, Doctor Baird is is the one who called me and said, "Hey, you, I've got a missionary here that you need to help me with." And yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Nice. <laughs> but I learned a lot yeah, of things sure. at the same time. I I inherited missionaries there in Saint Pete yeah. that were not BBF missionaries. Yeah. One in particular. Who had a lot of medical issues? Great. Yeah. I mean, a, ton. a You know that happens. With, sure. With our missionary families, absolutely. Uh, it happens. Absolutely. But uh, but this particular family was always we're in trouble. Can you send? We need a thousand. We need five thousand. Yeah. Can you help us? Yeah. And uh, and I became convinced very early uh, when missionaries would say, "Well, I don't. You know, when it comes to this whole thing of uh, pay. You know, why should I have to raise support for sure. medical? Well, you should be doing that anyway. Right. Whether it comes to the fellowship Whether it comes not. here or not. And this, you say, <laughs> yes. well, but it costs a little more. I'm in a country where the um, uh, where they have socialized medicine. I don't yeah. need... Let me tell you something. What, I, what I've what i experienced is that the missionaries who have the greatest problems, they don't stay on the field to get those medical the problems. Back. They come back here, and then that socialized medicine's not doing them any good at all. It doesn't cover them. They need that. And so as yeah. a sending pastor, there is great... Responsibility. In fact, I'll even say it as strongly as this. Okay? Okay. I'll say it as strongly as this. Once in a while we have a we have a missionary, typically it's somebody who got themselves into a financial situation for whatever reason. Okay. And they say, you know what? I'm paying the X number of hundreds of dollars a month out to the mission office, and I'm living in a socialized medicine a country, and so we're going to separate ourselves from the mission office. Yeah. And because we don't, it, it's just good stewardship for us. Yeah. And you know what my response is? And I've talked with our, early on, I talked with our, yeah. our deacons and trustees at Cherry Street about this. It's the same conversation I had in St. Pete. Uh, and that is this, you have now changed the covenant uh, that we agreed to before you went out. And we're not willing to take uh, to assume the risk that you are telling us now, yeah. you, the risk you assume. And so that is one of the rare, rare cases wow. in which Cherry Street will normally drop a missionary. Yeah. And it's not because, well, they're no longer BBFI. Yeah, That's sure. not the issue. That's not the person. Yeah. It's, it's because the, the risk that they are putting themselves in yeah. is not well thought out.
0: Yeah, because if, if they get on the field and they get into a medical emergency, where do they go for for all of those funds that are needed to get them back to the states or us. whatever? It's all it's their sending church and it's all of their supporting churches as that's well. It. And so, no, that, that's a great perspective. Yeah. So
1: it's it's a really important thing that the mission office provides that yeah. service uh, for our missionaries. I yeah. mean, a huge thing for us. Yeah. Another one is the financial side of things, just the okay. financial accountability is yeah, keeping sure. us right. In the eyes of, of the of the government, yeah. the IRS um, after nine eleven. I mean, I came to the mission office in 05, yeah, and and that was just a few years after nine eleven. People were really, I mean, there was a heightened awareness of money going outside of the country, yeah, uh, especially in. Different places around the world that were considered to yeah, be hotbeds. That's right. And so there was a lot of eyes looking down. Yeah. And so, man, I'm so thankful that the 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 fellowship uh, stays on top of that yeah. and makes sure that we are doing things properly yeah. and account. You yeah. Because that's an ever that's an
0: ever changing landscape. It is. And so, for a church to assume financial responsibility on reporting and taxes and all of those things that change to have someone—that's all—that's a, more than a full-time job.
1: It is, and the truth <laughs> of the matter is, it's also a, a highly—it's—it's uh, a, it's a highly expensive yeah. Uh, undertaking. Yeah, as well. that's right. And I know that because I was involved in in redoing all that back in those yeah, years, sure. and, and that was uh, for me. It's a—it's a huge piece of the puzzle that I can send the missionaries. The missionaries we send out come yeah. through the fellowship, and I'm just telling you, I'm so thankful that those guys have. uh, I'd hate to call it a safety net, but it really is a safety net that I don't have to worry about. The confidence I have in Brother John and the whole mission office team is huge to protect. I feel like it protects our, our missionaries and it protects... Our church as well. And yeah. so uh, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. Well, and there's so many other yeah, things. That there, there's so divide, many things.
0: But, but what I love about this conversation is you're really here in the heart. If you're watching today, you're, you're really seeing the partnership between the mission office and the local church. And that's what it is. We're, I mean, we're a local church. I mean, every, our, our network is. We're a local church, but then we come alongside. And I, and I love the word you use in a covenant agreement between the missionary and the church with us. To come alongside and serve in the ways that that we're able to, because of churches like us, and so it, it's just a really unique and really cool dynamic. It is uh, between our churches and our, our mission office and our missionaries, and it's one that that I, I love having the opportunity to, to serve in yeah. and, and be a part of. And so, uh, you know, look, if you're just joining us uh, today, we got Dennis Jennings. Uh, here with us, pastor of Cherry Street Baptist Church. Excited to have him on here uh, on the 938 podcast with us. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, click like and subscribe on this video and share this to all of your social media accounts, and we would appreciate it. But that'll also allow you to stay up to date on all future episodes of the 938 podcast. And so uh, coming back to Dennis, uh, you know, just talking about that partnership. And there's a lot of a lot of different ways and a lot of different things we could talk about. So let, let's sum all of that up in, in this one scenario. A missionary calls you, right, and they're wanting to come to Cherry Street, and they say, hey, my name is, I'll just use myself for an example, my name's Craig Stevenson, I'm a missionary to Romania, and I'm a a BBFI missionary. What does that communicate to you when you hear that? Just by way of everything that we've talked about, what does that communicate to you just in someone saying that as a missionary?
1: Well, um, let me be very, very clear and say that um, I'm, I'm probably a little bit of an odd duck in this, okay. but I, I go back. I appreciate that when they say it, uh, but I go back even further. I want them to tell me, tell me about your... Local church. Local tell church. me about yeah, sure. the sending church, because that's yeah. where your authority is. But if they come to me and they tell me that they're a fellowship missionary, then I know some things about them. I know that they have been vetted. I know that if they go to the field, that they're going to be well, um, that, that they're, they're not going to fall through the cracks as far as their finances are concerned with taxes, with the government, that there's a yeah. financial accountability that, that has to happen. And that uh, as a partner... With the mission office, not every sending church is as involved as I would like for them to be. Not every sending pastor is connected to their missionaries. And and ha- honestly, having 20, you know, I've, I got calls this morning from two of my sending uh, our sent missionaries. And I'm, I feel like a terrible pastor when I can't take those calls, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, but we have a lot of them. Yeah. And, uh, but, but some don't have as many or some are not as connected or some don't understand it. Well, the great thing about the mission office yeah. is that the mission office can step in. And I have the confidence if, I, if somebody tells me they're a they're BBFI missionary, if I don't know that sending church very well and I'm still willing to take a chance on the missionary that I believe that they're somebody that God's going to use, yeah. what I know is that if the, if the sending church drops the ball with them, that the mission office is my... Um, Ally is my advocate as yeah. a supporting church cool. and a supporting pastor that I can trust the mission mission office to make sure that that missionary is okay, yeah. that that missionary is well cared for, that missionary is moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's a huge piece for me yeah. uh, because of the, the the church planting, training up of nationals, yeah. uh, and, and, and the evangelism part. The whole thing is wrapped up in yeah. that covenant agreement under yeah. which those people went out. Yeah. So that's huge for me yeah. as a sending pastor. No,
0: that's great. And I, and I love your perspective because a lot of the questions you're answering from the perspective of a sending pastor, but it's deeper than that. It's not just that because you were on staff here. Mm-hmm. You worked at the mission office. So you've seen this from every angle and, and you understand this on a level that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to come in and see the inner workings and, and all those details. So I, I, I appreciate you being on here today and just kind of giving us your perspective as a sending pastor, as a supporting pastor, and as a as someone that that's a former uh, mission director here. Uh, and so I, I appreciate that, and I, I'm glad that we were able to have you on today. But let, let's transition this. Let, let's move this into a, a little bit different arena now. So that, that's all mission office, and that's relationships between mission office, sending church, and the missionary. Now let's talk about churches. Okay, go back to the idea of the local church because that's that's what we are. Very well stated in this conversation and and then others throughout the nine thirty eight podcast. But let's go back to the local church and the missions program of a local church. Now, obviously, we know Cherry Street has a strong missions program, right? Um, and you guys do a lot of things for missions. You send missionaries out. Matter of fact, a lot of the missionaries that we've had come through the the fellowship here lately. A lot of them have been out of Cherry Street. And so I just want to dive into that if we can and dig into that a little bit. And, and then I also want to look at specifically um, mission conferences. And, and I know not everyone does, you know, a mission conference the way that you do. And we sure. were talking about that even before we got on yeah. the podcast. It, it, this is, we're not going to talk about the specifics of you have to do it this way. This is
1: not about a right and wrong. No,
0: we're, we're talking about principles yeah. that anybody could take and put in any, any context of ministry and be successful down this path and so uh, let me just start off with this and and i know i didn't give you a lot of prep time and a lot of prep on this conversation um but um let's just go down this path so talk to me about the importance of a missions program in a church and talk to me about the importance of involving your people in that missions program and let's start there okay Uh, because that's really one of the foundation pieces of it is if you have a program and no one's involved what yeah. does that look like so talk to me about that for just a minute
1: well first of all i think that uh, the entire uh, the totality of the church's ministry is summed up in the great commission yeah. you know we're to we are to reach people you know yeah. how many jesus said go into all the that's world right. preach the gospel to every creature acts one 8 you'll be witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria uttermost i mean that, that's our responsibility yeah. and so as a local church we can't do what God has called us to do without missionaries. So first of all, there has to be, I think, before we can even ask an individual person in the pew to be involved in missions, we've got to have a a global perspective on the role of our local church yeah. it's not an option for me to have missionaries yeah. i can't i, I, I said just about every mission conference we have we don't have a an option as to whether we're involved yeah. in missions we can't be who god's called us to be we can't yeah. be the church god has called us to be without having a perspective that goes beyond our city our state our country. Yeah, sure. we can't no so we have to embrace uh, the Great Commission and the global side of yeah. uh, the beyond, uh, to use your terms, beyond yeah, borders. Sure. We have to get beyond our own uh, local church. Yeah. If we don't do that, then yeah. then we're if we're not careful, the next step is a country club. Oh, yeah. And we don't want to be that. No. That's not what God's called us to do. Yeah. So that's a huge part of it. Secondly, I think that... And that
0: starts with the leader. That starts with the pastor. Without question. Because if the pastor doesn't own that yeah, and the church isn't going to own that. Yep. And so just make that observation yeah. in here. And, and, and the truth of the matter yeah. is,
1: a lot of a lot of churches have, um, and and I think this is great. I've had guys serving this role. I don't have it right now. Yeah. Uh, but I've had guys serving the role as a. As a missions pastor, yeah. typically, I, I actually use an intern uh, to serve in that role yeah, because it good. helps them a lot. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, this is the first time in, I uh, mean, probably the last 10 years that right in the immediate now and now, yeah. we don't have an intern. Expecting to have one on staff here yeah. in the next month, month and a half, two months. Awesome. But but we're this is just, this is a little bit of an interim period. But the missions pastor is not the one who's going to cast the vision for yeah. that. Yeah, Sure it is the pastor right. of the church that's going Absolutely. to own it and i believe we own it you hear a lot about mission well you can't be on mission without missions yeah. i i just don't believe you can do it yeah. so i think it starts there right. and if it starts there then it's then the preaching is going to be impacted by that yeah. there's going to be a passion for lost people in our local area, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm amazed at how many missionary candidates that I talk to, and missionaries that I call, and and ask the question. Tell me about the last person you talked to about Jesus. Yeah. Tell me about the last person you wanted one to Christ. Yeah, sure. Tell me when were you in somebody's home recently. Tell me about how you have. Tra- you've you won somebody and you've discipled somebody. Yeah. So uh, that has to be not only a great commission perspective, but yeah. we've got to bring it into the fabric of what our church oh, is. Oh, the
0: very DNA of, yeah. of everything that you do. Yeah. And yeah. So,
1: so when we do that, then then I think the next step to get it into the lives and the hearts of our people is this mission conference yeah. that we have. That's one. And then secondly, we have to have missionaries and missions Emphasis missions trips different things that we do in order to give our people the opportunity to participate. Our vacation Bible school always has a a missions uh, side to it. Our our camps always have a mission side to it. Even if the camp speaker doesn't do that, we talk to our kids about those things. Surrender. You know, there's there's a formula in my mind. There's a formula for everything. You know, camp is about salvation. It's it's about uh, a a a a right walk with Christ, yeah, sure. and then it's about surrender. Yeah. You know, so uh, so that's that's the th- that's the three parts of a camp. Yeah. If, if you don't do those three things at camp, and you just about have to do it yeah. in that order. Uh, but you, you want to get yeah. you, you want to get kids there. Well, missions are the same. Yeah, missions are the same. If we we can't just. T- Write a check uh, to uh, Chelsea and Levi that you had on the last podcast to go go into South Sudan. We actually have to put feet to that great commission where we are. If we do that where we are, I'm telling you, it's a lot easier for people to take the next step to empower people to go beyond because they already have a heart for those beyond the doors and the walls of their church.
0: Oh, yeah, and I love that. And it it all starts with the, the right perspective, right? It all starts with the the, uh, Great Commission perspective Mm -hmm. of go (laughs) and preach and and teach and and reach people and disciple them. I mean, that entire process has got to play out. And if you have that perspective, that filters down to – missions which filters down to everything else within the Absolutely. local church and, and i love that perspective so let, let's dig in a little bit on some of these things so let's talk specifically about a mission conference because you talk about how that's kind of a, a key moment for the church for sure uh, for for cherry street we'll talk cherry street specifically um for this um so, why is it so important? We already talked a little bit about why, but if there's anything else you have on why it's important, and then how do you guys how does that play out in the life of your church on okay. an annual basis? What does that look like?
1: It, it here's an interesting thing. Okay, you, you mentioned Cherry Street, and and I still get calls. I've been pastor of Cherry Street for almost 13 years, and I, I still get calls. Hey, Dennis, what's it like to pastor in Springfield? <laughs> You know, and uh, and honestly, I think that's
0: a topic for a whole another podcast. Yeah, we well, go I, for it. Yeah, well, absolutely.
1: I, I, my answer is always the same. Yeah, it's no different than pastoring yeah. in St. Pete. I still have the same commission. I'm yes. still dealing with people. There's as many lost people here as any place I know. Absolutely. And so we just embrace the Great Commission yeah. locally. And globally, that's that's our yeah. responsibility. And so, uh, so it, it's it's the same. I know. And let me just throw one more little piece of this. Yeah. There's some who who have made the comment uh, to others, and it comes back to me. And some have even said it to me. Well, of course you got you live in Springfield, so you got these people that are already surrendered to missions. Sure. Yeah. Uh, to missions to who, and so you're just taking on yeah. other people's deal. And uh, and I look back on that. We have. Uh, had a couple of circumstances where there were uh, missionaries who, uh, for whatever reason, one sending church closed down and they yeah. needed a sending church. We got one of our great veteran missionaries that we're the yeah. sending church for because simply of yeah. because of that circumstance. So yeah. we agreed to help out with them yeah. and happily so. Sure, But the people that we're sending out from Cherry Street uh, are people who, one or both, were called out of our mission conferences yeah. or called, and and when I say called out of the mission conference, that that may fester over two conferences, yeah, sure, or three, or three. conferences. Sure. It it is, but a, but it is such an important thing that we do because we it's the time of the year where we kind of pull the curtains uh, around everything else, and we're not focusing on anything else. We're looking at the need around the world, oh, yeah. and we also assume that in every conference, and this plays out all the way through uh, to the receiving of the offering. But we assume in every conference that we have people that are sitting there who've never heard of it before. Our our faith promise card even asks, is this your first first faith promise commitment? And uh, boy, it's amazing yeah. every year how many we have yeah. that are making their very first faith promise commitment. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and so, uh, so I believe we have to assume that there are people who are hearing it for the first time. Yeah. or who are ready to hear it. Right. For the first, they may have been around a long time. Yeah. But we have people. We have people who come to our conferences who may have been a part of Cherry Street four, five, six, seven years. Yeah. But the only thing they get Sunday morning. Yeah. And for whatever reason, God's got them at, at a place. Yeah. He's got their attention, and now they're coming faithfully. Yeah. I could give you story after story oh, yeah, after story sure. like that.
0: Well, you know, I, I've been involved in conferences for a long time, whether I was on deputation going to Romania with my parents or by mm-hmm. myself as a single missionary, and then hearing from all of our Uh, missionaries that are out there now, you know, on the road and and going to conferences and things, because we hear things all the time, but also in the churches that I've had the privilege of being a part of, uh, you you talk about assuming that someone's there that's never heard. Another thing that I've always tried to assume, or at least think through and pray for, is that there's someone in this conference right now, someone in this missions emphasis right now, who God wants to call to go to the mission field, you know, and and so in, in that environment, it's all prayers turn that way.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's exactly right. Um, I, I, became a, I became a senior pastor in, on the uh, last Sunday of December of 1990. My first wife okay. passed away on Mother's Day six months later. Okay. And uh, the, the, um, the fall of that year, uh, and I could tell you a story about what God did, but it wasn't the fall. It would have been for the February meeting of the BBFI was in Jacksonville at yeah. First Coast. And, uh, and I heard Lauren McAllister, who was a mission director at the office. Yeah. So this is inside of about one year that I've been a pastor. Yeah. And Lauren preached a message. Now, I had already scheduled our very first mission conference to happen at the end of February. Yeah. This was the second week of February. Yeah. And Lauren preached a message on uh, the the church at Antioch yeah. and talked about being ascending church. And I mean, it was the greatest. I, I later had Lauren come and preach it in, in, in St. Pete. I've had him yeah. preach it at Cherry Street because that message really set my soul on fire about yeah. what a church's responsibility is yeah. about being ascending church. And, uh, and Lauren, God used him in such a huge way yeah. that it was in that it was in that conference a couple of weeks later that I introduced the concept of being a sending church. Now, I'd only been a pastor yeah. for... Not long. Uh, yeah, not, <laughs> just a little over a year. Yeah. I was a widower with two little boys at that yeah. time. Our church was so small. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, we may have been 60, 70 people, 75 yeah. people at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and yet, I, I so believed the truth that Lauren preached yeah. in that message. And I talked to him about it later. I called him at the yeah. mission office. He became very aware of me uh, in that, in that oh, early no. yeah. time because I'm making those calls. Yeah, that's awesome. But in February at that conference, I introduced the concept. I said, folks, here's the deal. Park Street Baptist Church has never sent out a missionary, as far as yeah. I'm aware. I did the research as far as I knew. They were supporting great missionaries. Yeah. But it never sent anybody out. And so, folks, I believe that God wants our church. Yeah. To be a sending missionary, uh, to be a sending church for a yeah. missionary, and uh, and here's what I will tell you: the Lord answered that prayer, uh, and uh, Richie and Missy, or it got saved at Park at Cherry Street at Park Street, I should say, and uh, Richie got saved in the in the front seat of my pickup truck.
2: Wow! And
1: they were the first missionaries that were th- that we prayed for. They they weren't even saved when we started praying for yeah. them, but we had. I'm telling you, I could. Tell you about people like Donald and Jerry Sangster and Bill and Thelma Sutton and people who were praying people, yeah. godly people who loved Jesus and yeah. and would take the Lord at His word and then grab a hold of Him yeah. and they prayed for all those years so four five six yeah. eight ten. Richie didn't get saved until uh, 2001. Wow! And so that church prayed uh, for the better part of, of nine ten years and then god answered that prayer wow and god called missionaries out of that church man the unique you know, situation is man i get to be there sending church now oh My i i love
0: way. that and, and let me tell you a few things that i love about about that story that you just told um number one a lot of times we hear truth in messages or in whatever environment that we we listen to podcasts or whatever and we think, man, that is great stuff for everybody else but me and my situation. <laughs> I mean, you, you know what I mean. I, live I there. mean, we we all live there on some level, right? It, it's all good to, to talk about being a sending church. But what I love about this is one thing that anyone can do, it doesn't require anything but time, is pray. And it doesn't matter how big your church is or how small your church is. Here's a church, I mean, you say you're running 60, 70 in that, in that ballpark, Right that you guys started praying and look where it, where it led. And I'm a firm believer that, that God has given us the, the great commission. And that is our job as a church and as believers to go out and reach the world. And if he's given that, then he'll equip us to do that. And a lot of that equipping comes through prayer and it comes through just, uh, there's something about when we pray that it aligns our heart with the heart of God.
1: No question about it.
0: And when that That, happens, Oh my goodness! Any anyone can do it. It doesn't matter what size of the church you are, God can equip you to accomplish the great
1: commission that that's He's it, called you to. That's why the that's why the the, the 938 project is yeah. so important. Yes, it's so important. I love it. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. We're getting ready to to uh, really launch all the things headed into our conference, Very which cool. is the last. Or the yeah. third full week or the last full week of yeah. September, and uh, we're doing all kinds of things uh, to to get ready for that. But I, I am telling you that when a church prays, when that's yeah. the heart, and a church prays, God's the one who God's the one who saves. Yeah, God's the one who calls. Absolutely, God's the one who provides. Yeah. you know, God is the one who provides as well. Yeah. And so a lot of a, a lot of over the years, I've gotten phone calls. I got one from uh, from a pastor who just had one of their missionaries yeah. approved uh, this last May, and, and he and I talked at length about uh, about how to to do the things you do to get your missionary uh, prepped yeah. and ready to go. And we had a great conversation. I is it's a pastor that I love and yeah. appreciate his ministry, uh, but but this guy's a praying guy. Yeah. This guy's got a heart. But, yeah. And I love it when somebody says, we're sending out our first yes. one. We're sending out our first one. Man, what a joy. But every mission conference needs to be a praying, Lord, Lord, of the harvest, would you send forth yeah. laborers? Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and one, another thing, just tag off what you said. You say He's the one that provides the increase. We know that. We see that in Scripture, very clear, right? Anything that's not Him providing it is manipulation on our part, absolutely. right? Absolutely. And and we're not into that. We want God to work in people's lives and God to bring change in people's lives so they can follow Him, not us, right? That's the whole, absolutely. That's the whole point. And that's why I love Matthew nine thirty eight. Right? What does it say? Pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send forth laborers into His harvest. His harvest. Yep. His harvest, his field, his world, we're just simply using the resources that he's provided us as a way of then taking his message to the world around us, working for him in
1: his harvest. And I love it. I I love that. One of the most impactful stories that kind of piggybacks on that. To me, that I heard, was from one of the missionaries that that I inherited in Florida. Yeah. Uh, but uh, without taking the time to tell the whole thing, it's a great story yeah. for a mission conference sometime. Uh, but essentially, a missionary was was in a, an, another country around the world, halfway yeah. around the world, in a village where a man who did not speak his language, the, the missionary was trying to learn the language. He could read it, but he couldn't really yeah. conversationally speak it. Yeah. He was with another missionary, and he went into this village, and the the man that uh, that was there who was already saved said, we've been waiting on you to come. Yeah. And uh, he thought that, that the people in the village had told the missionaries uh, where the man lived and, so, and that the missionaries were coming. So he thought, yeah. okay, the guy's excited. Uh, long and short of it is, they got to this this missionary and the missionary who's with who was who was very fluent in the language. When they got ready to leave, um, after that, that, the man's wife and kids had been prayed. He told the, the old man told the story that it was when he was a teenager that a man had come through their village wow. and wanted him to Jesus. Yeah, and he wanted him to stay and and talk to the rest of his family. Yeah. And he said, "I can't, but if you'll pray." God will send somebody, send somebody to come, and uh, so and, and so these missionaries when they answered that prayer, well, they found out that that had been thirty some years earlier. Yeah, and the long and the short of it, they didn't get very far out of that village before they the missionary stopped and looked at the guy who was struggling with the language, and he said to him this: He said, "Let me ask you something. When were you called to be a missionary?" Yeah. He said, "Oh, I was called at a at a camp." down in Florida. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I I, I was saved in my church, but I was called to be a missionary, and they did the math. Yeah. And God reached halfway around the world for for a young man's prayers who wanted to see the rest of his family saved, and he answered it by calling a little 12-year-old boy in a youth camp, and it took him all those years to put that together. And God did all that. And this is my take on it that's not a that's a big deal to us that's not a big deal for no, God he no. does it all the time
0: yeah he does it and that's just one story of one after another after another all the time after another all the time and, and we could talk days on stories and so
1: and so that's the reason the Lord says pray yeah how yeah. that he would thrust send forth it, it, it literally means a thrust, thrust yeah. forth yeah. these labors yeah. into, no. into his heart. So that Man. is a that's a powerful part yeah. of and and if your mission conference is not bathed in that, if your missions program isn't bathed in that from the beginning, yeah. um, then I, I hate to use the term doomed. It's not doomed, but I'm telling you, it will be a struggle. It will be less potent yeah. than it could be right. uh, If if indeed you can get folks praying yeah. and believing that God is involved. Yeah. God is involved. And
0: let me tell you something else about this conversation. We told you at the beginning, if you're just tuning in uh, and you're interested in Project 938, first of all, I'll tell you to go to project938.world and you can uh, register your church there. I want to encourage you to do so because the Mission Office, we're putting out a ton of resources this year, uh, all geared towards Project 938 and 938 Sunday, that is uh, Sunday, October 3rd. Uh, of 2021. So I want to encourage you to go register and when you register, you're going to get a link to go download all kinds of resources and then more resources are coming out uh, in uh, actually uh, this month, maybe even this week or so um, here in July. And then also in September uh, is going to be a final release of all kinds of resources. Uh, And in that I'm excited about this and we don't even have time to unpack this, but we have a, a full length documentary on the life of marjorie browning one of our single lady missionaries that spent her life in brazil um and excited about that so you're going to want to get registered project 938.world uh go and get registered but one of the things i love is we're we're talking about prayer and we're talking about uh, the right perspective and we're talking about the way that we we approach missions uh conferences and missions program is that has nothing to do with philosophical anything that has nothing to do with whether you prefer to do this in a one-week or a, a month of Sundays, or, you know, you want to have a, a, a Sunday here and a Sunday there has nothing to do with the way it has to be done. Because you and I were talking about this, and I, I love your heart when you we were talking before the podcast about how, you know, you did this different in St. Pete than you do here in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think, for people to hear and understand that. So it's, when you hear things from us on the podcast, and, and from other people, just take it as, hey, where can I grab principles and yeah, what can it. I use? Because that's ultimately what it is.
1: You got to find out what's going to work best, best and connect best for you personally. First of all, preacher, if, if, you, yeah. if you're a preacher, listen to this. You've got to have, you've got to have such a grasp on this yourself, yeah. and it's gotta become a fabric sure. of who you are, I believe. Yeah. And secondly, then you got you understand your culture. We are missionaries. Yeah. Every pastor's a missionaries sure. to a place. Yeah. We've gotta do the things that yeah. embrace our own culture oh, and man. impact our culture. I, we have to do that. I
0: love that, I had a great conversation uh, actually with some college students the other day, and I said, what, what would happen in America if every pastor of American churches approached the ministry in their churches like a missionary does on the foreign field. I mean, identifying. You talk about working in the culture and all that. And I know a lot of churches do. Some of it's not as intentional, maybe, uh, in some places, in some regards. But I think about a missionary, the planning and, and the execution of what they have to go out and do to be purposeful about building relationships with people that have no idea who Jesus is and I think bringing that perspective back to pastor, I love the fact that you say, hey, we are missionaries. That's what we do. It's who we are.
1: And we have to make the gospel, yeah. uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, appetizing yeah. to the people that we are, and, and not by changing it, yeah. but but by how we present it. And, and then the, we've got to help them accept the responsibility yeah. But we also have to help them all understand as we understand yeah. that this is not on my back. Let me let me just throw one thing that's related, but yeah. uh, but we may be a little bit down the road. That's okay. When I became pastor at Cherry Street, we had, I believe, eight or nine. The, uh, the Gilmings, I, Dr. Gilming, Kenny Gilming, yeah. Keith just uh, has, oh, yeah. uh, he's just turned over yes. uh, Lighthouse. I, I mean, those are some of the greatest people yeah. on the planet. They've in, all impacted my yeah. life. We are standing on their shoulders. I mean, when we be- when I became the pastor at Cherry Street, we already had great missionaries. Yeah. We had a good missionary program.
0: Yeah. Can I just say this about the Gilmings? And, and sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, I don't know Dr. Gilming as much. Uh, I know Keith, yes. just from being around the mission office. And I'll tell you what, there is not a nicer person Except can, Becky. They, okay, Becky, okay, his wife Becky. I, I don't
1: know her that well, yeah, so but I'm just as far as Keith, yeah. Keith's a bum without Becky. Well, there I, you go. She I, keeps
0: I, him in, in check. There I love you go. I mean, for they, sure.
1: they both they are yeah. the sweetest, well, kindest people.
0: And I tell you what, I just I love his heart for people and for ministry, yeah. and I love his, their connections to the mission office and and the the support that they give missionaries yeah. and the things that they've been involved with for years. And if if that is a reflection of their family, I just I think God for families like that
1: amen well and i for I've, how god's used them i've said it i've said it many times if i was ever going to get a heart transplant uh i would want probably either keith's or kenny's because they both <laughs> oh, they're my. so unique yes uh in, in both i mean they're they are twins yeah but but i will tell you i love them both and yeah. they both have impacted my life and yeah i get the privilege of standing on the impact of, yeah. of that family i mean they sure that family those kids they were little kids that grew yeah. up with doctor and Mrs. Gilming, yeah. with the with BBC, I mean all those things. Uh and so I, I want to say carefully today that I Cherry Street is Cherry Street is is about what the Gilmings did, but really it's about what God did through them. Oh yeah, sure. And God's ministry continues, continues. and continues. And I mean I, I, this may be my last day on this earth. Sure. I don't know. Who God knows? may take me home yeah. today. But God's the one who's who is involved in all these things. Oh yeah. And Craig, when I when I took that responsibility, and we began to have, we we instituted some some missionary things. Yeah, we 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 emphasized some things a little bit differently. We we took on some some uh, additional responsibilities related to our missions program. Yeah, at our church, we we just changed out a few things along the way, just yeah. trying to pick things up. Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. And we began to see God. We started praying. We we began to see God. Um, work and bless, and there were there were people who um, God called, yeah. people who yeah, there people. We had people who had come to BBC, graduated, and were living in Springfield, selling insurance, yeah. doing different things. But God had called, and yeah. so we started having one or two. And I'm looking at our missions budget, saying, "Lord, I don't know how. I mean, we weren't supporting people much, but we didn't have the income. Yeah, sure. Uh, where are we going to get?" <laughs> The, I mean, we support our, our sent missionaries I, somewhere in around five hundred bucks a month. I, I don't know exactly, um, but but we're close to that. Yeah. And uh, but we weren't there then. We yeah, were sure. we were you know a hundred dollars or whatever yeah. it was. I, I don't even remember. Uh, what I do remember is that initially, even though I know God is the author of all yeah. of it, that He is the one who saves. He's the one who calls. He's the one who sends. And He's the one who supplies. Yeah. I, I know all of that. Yeah. But I will tell you that my flesh started looking and going, "Oh my goodness, we got these people being called. Yeah. They want to go out of Cherry Street. How, yeah. How can we equip them?" Now, there's a lot that we sent back to their churches and said, "I said, look, you you need to." Maybe you will make a bigger impact for that church. Yeah, and we worked with pastors yeah. uh, and helped them send out their first missionaries yeah, that way it. through that. But there are some who were who were a part of the fabric of Cherry Street. And as those numbers begin to go up, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. But it's God's the one who supplies. Yes. God is the one who supplies. And now I don't worry about it. I just yeah. it's I have, God has shown himself strong and he's shown himself faithful. And when the missionaries, uh, when the missionaries call and say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking, you know, and I'd want to go, I do my best to talk them out of it. Yeah. You know, Uh, and this is not, this is not for you. I don't think you're going to make it. I mean, I, I do what I can to, if I can discourage him. They shouldn't go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure.
1: There's going to be a lot more coming along I than me. I guarantee you, yeah. Uh, but, um, but what I know is that God supplies yeah. over and over and over again, yeah. and I've seen it happen. Yeah. But but so so a lot of churches get, get afraid because they're afraid of the financial commitment yeah, sure. uh, of sending missionaries. But the conference, what the conference does is it gives that time, I think I said it before, yeah. where you close off everything else, you put curtains on everything yeah. and you focus on this I one thing yeah. and that is our responsibility yeah. with the gospel our our stewardship of the gospel yeah not just in our local area yeah because if we don't have that going on then sure. we've got to get that first yeah uh, but 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 that doesn't mean that has to be in its full oh yeah um, uh, adulthood sure you know it, it's it's does it doesn't mean it's got to be everything it needs to be before we have a mission program but it right. just means that we have to be we've got to be I love the way Lindsay Sladen always says it it's always got to be across the street and around the world yep. across the across street, street and around, around the world, the world. Yep. that's what it's all about yeah. and, and those things are yeah are, are things that can happen in a church. Yeah. That embraces a great
0: mission conference. Well, and when I think mission conference, so um, going back to to when I was on staff at Edgewood Baptist Church, Rock Island, Mm -hmm. Illinois, Mel Brown. Great pastor. um, I consider him my pastor, my mentor. He and I talk all the time. We're working on uh, a couple of books right now together, and I just love that relationship. But one of the things he instilled in me uh, in ministry was, look, there are really three major events that are built into a church ministry calendar, right? Easter Back to school, Christmas, right? And then you have missions conferences, the fourth, right? Missions, whatever you call that, you know. And so as uh, evangelism pastor, working through uh, evangelistic training and all that kind of stuff at Edgewood, along with being a youth pastor, one of the things that I I really gained perspective on, um, I'm not the first and I'm not the the expert in this by any means, is, um, you know, we say um, evangelism is everything. You should always go out and share. You should always do that. And that's absolutely true. Uh, just like you should always give to missions. But there's a difference in just saying that versus, hey, eight weeks from now is Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, that is the number one day of the year for lost people to come to church. You have eight weeks. Let, we're going to give you some training. We want you to go out here for, for six or eight weeks and put that into practice leading into that conference because you have a deadline and you have an event that you can center sure. that urgency around. And for me, when it comes to missions, that, that's the benefit in many ways you have with this. It, it allows you to create a sense of urgency uh, because there's a deadline. There is an event. Now, that event obviously carries over, and it's sure. not exactly the same. But um, knowing that you have an event, knowing you can focus, like you're talking about, all your people into one event that's coming, uh, it, it does a, a ton of good for yeah. people to, to have that perspective to say, hey, I need to really evaluate where I'm at personally Leading into this event, so God can use me and God can can show me what He wants me to see out of that, and so I I, I appreciate that perspective and, and I love that that whole philosophy of ministry when you when you start talking down that path.
1: Yeah. So how's our time go doing?
0: Uh, actually, we are uh, not long enough needing to, to pop out, um, okay. but let's do one. Uh, go ahead.
1: Let, let me give you. Let, let me just throw two or three things. Yeah, like this go really for it. Quick. Yeah. Okay. So because we're, we're talking about mission conferences, um, I think there's a couple of things that I will tell you that work great for me and the principles behind them. One is that if you're going to have a great conference, I think that you've got to do three things. And I talked to my guest speakers. Uh, I've got Paul Monroe coming. He's a great missions preacher. He's a great yeah. missions pastor. But Paul and I've talked about it. We want to talk, uh, you know, if you're going to have a great mission conference, the first thing you got to do is establish the need Yeah, that, that the need is that people are lost around the world. Then you've got to e- e- establish yeah. the remedy that Jesus Christ yeah. is the only way. And you got to deal with questions like, um, what about those who've never heard? I mean, yeah. those are the questions you have to answer for anybody who's got to... It got a, a half inch of brain. Yeah. they're gonna deal with that sure. And then the third is, the third thing you got to do is you've got to help people see individually what their part can be and yeah. that is to pray, give yeah. or go. go. Those, are the, those are the three things. For us, I try to get my uh, my speaker. I, I have a conference different than we did in St. Pete, but at Cherry Street, our conference starts on a Sunday morning. We go Sunday morning, Sunday night and then Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday my time in the mission office helped me to see how many people if i if i have a sunday night monday night tuesday night wednesday night or, or, or any evening thing yeah. uh, that i'm giving up a third to a half of my crowd who don't come back to those other services yeah so we said okay then we're gonna we're gonna take our conference then it doesn't end on wednesday night it's gonna go to the next sunday yeah and i preach that sunday yeah and and that's the sunday that we receive uh, the uh, the faith promise, faith promise commitments I, and, and one of the things that I try to do every year is to help people understand that we have people in the conference who are are from from the beginning, this is the first time they've ever heard, all the way to people who've been giving yeah. And so we talk about we talk about people identifying where they are. Some people give out of their abundance yeah. OK, some and that that means if they've got it when it on Sunday and they yeah. want to give uh, yep. 10, 20, some give a 100, some give a thousand dollars out of their abundance to missions. Yeah. Praise God for people who are motivated to give out of their yeah. abundance. Then there are people who give out of their budget. They they say, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I believe that um, that we can do more. They hear they listen to the to yeah. they get under the burden uh, and they say, well, you know what? Out of the out of our budget, we can budget, we can adjust this, we yeah. can adjust that, and we can give more consistently than just out of our abundance. Yeah. And we can do more because we see the need. Yeah. I praise God for people for who people move like that. from abundance into Absolutely. the budget kind of giving. And then there are people who have been practicing the budget kind of giving or some who maybe are just hearing it for the first time, but they think, I can sacrifice. Yeah. So they move into the issue of sacrifice. Sacrifice means... Yeah that it's going to cost me something right. uh, that I'm going to have to do without in another area yeah. in order to make this happen. And I'm always grateful and thankful Absolutely. when somebody moves from abundance yes. to budget to sacrifice. But then there is that group of people uh, that, that will enter into that realm of faith and they will say, you know what? I recognize that God is the supplier of everything. Yes. And here's what we got to be careful in our churches. Don't teach prosperity, gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And don't just teach Acts, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 8. You got to get to chapter 9 yeah. where it says God is able uh, to do exceeding abundantly. I mean, he he's the one who's going to provide for every good work. Yeah. that's He's the one that's going to do it. And so you want those people to say, by faith, I believe that God through me can provide. Yeah. And as he provides, I will give. And that's that is a biblical principle, the grace, grace yep. giving, and when we teach it, not we don't borrow from the prosperity theology, guys, right. and we're not trying to get people to make an emotional decision. Oh yeah, decision. absolutely. But we move people, and we recognize that God will use people who are giving out of their abundance, out of their budget, out of sacrifice, and out of faith, and because you got all that in the yeah, church, all of it, all of it. And yes. so, what you what we want to see is God moving people. In the process, yeah. we don't ever we don't ever set yeah. a monetary goal. Yeah. What we're looking for is for for increase in faith yeah. of God's people. We're looking for new givers. That's yeah. why on our card, it's a place for them to mark. This is my first time gift, yeah. or this is an increase. Yeah, uh, this is an increase. I, I really like for them to mark if this is an increase. Now they don't put their name on our, on our card, right. obviously. Yeah. Uh, but but those are things that really help. And uh, and what we've seen. Is God provide in a great way. I do the I do the card because I understand our people yeah. and I understand the culture. Used to try to have somebody else to do it, yeah. uh, but I do it. And that that is kind of the the bones oh, of I love our that. conference. So yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Well,
0: and, and that that gives good practical uh, advice and help to someone out here that's that's trying to figure out, hey, how do I even do this? What does this even look like? that gives them the, the whole concept right there and in, in what they need to accomplish in whatever methods they want to use. Sure. And, and I love that. And the other thing that I love, and, and go back to the beginning of our conversation, then we're going to wrap things up, is as churches are faithful in their missions program, they can have confidence that there's a mission office here that is ready and able and competent and, and ready and, and on every level to help support, partner with, as they send their missionaries out, and they can have confidence that their missionaries are taken care of in that covenant agreement that they all come into. Absolutely. Uh, listen if you're if you're joining us with the on the 938 podcast number one thanks for coming and thanks for being here today it's been a a privilege to have Dennis Jennings uh, here pastor of Cherry Street uh, Baptist Church here in Springfield uh, talking about missions programs mission conferences uh, and the partnership between churches and the mission office and so uh, it's been great to have him on here today click like and subscribe on this video and uh, we would appreciate that Dennis anything else that you'd like to say before we get out of here
1: I just appreciate the opportunity to be here with you today, cool. Craig. I appreciate what you do and what the mission office does.
0: Well, appreciate our churches uh, that give so that we can we can be here and do the things that we do for our churches and missionaries. So, hey, listen, have a great day, and we will see you here right now, uh, uh, next week on the 938 Podcast, Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock. See you then.